1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostra. A reward's been increased as a manhunt continues in Pennsylvania for a cop killer. An intense search underway in the western part of the state for the person who fatally wounded the officer shortly after 8 p.m. last night in New Kensington. That's about 18 miles northeast of Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania State Police spokesman Steve Lamani says it's a tough time now for the state troopers. There's a lot of, of heavy hearts, and they're going through a, a, a tough process, but yet staying very focused on their job, which is to continue this investigation, find the person that killed Officer Shaw, and bring him to justice. Minnesota Democratic Senator Al Franken continues to catch flack after a picture surfaced showing the former comedian turned politician with his hands on the chest of a woman who was sleeping. It happened during a USO tour in 2006. This is SRN News. Hugh Hewitt is looking for a special investigation for a list of things. Jeff Sessions considering a second special counsel to investigate the House Judiciary Committee chairman's many, many concerns. This is what I really, really think they've got to do, is dig deep into everything that was covered up, even fast and furious. I just make a laundry list. Nobody trusts what happened under Obama. Nobody. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. Coming up next on The Patriot, it's the second hour of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with the headliner, the local one, Mitch Berg. Tomorrow at 2 p.m., tune in for the closer, Brad Carlson. And for the best economic insight, there's only one place to turn, and that's the King Mannion Show. He is over on Business 1440. He's Saturday and Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. Now a quick look at the forecast. Lots of sun out there. It's very breezy, and the temp will actually fall over the course of the day. We get down into the teens for tonight. Lots of sun for Sunday. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and world. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, making talk radio great again. Thanks for stopping by. I am Mitch Berg. It's the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Brad Carlson, the closer, back tomorrow from 2 till 3. And King Banyan, heard every Saturday morning on her sister station, AM 1440, business radio, uh, the businessman, the businessman, the businessman. I can't break myself of the habit. It's just not going to happen. Uh, every Saturday morning, 9 to 11, the best show in America and ergo the world on economics in general. If you want to be better informed than all of your neighbors on economics, you owe it to yourself to listen to King every Saturday mornings. Uh, check it out. Uh, anyway, so we've been a story we've been following for years and a story that just gets ever more evergreen, what with St. Paul's City Council's recent decision to uh, adopt uh, North Korean-style socialized trash collection. Actually, no, it's not even North Korean trash collection in St. Paul. It's more, uh, it's 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 more uh, Tony Soprano-style trash collection. I mean, with the 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 fifteen families gathering to carve up St. Paul, uh, is the appeal that's going on the 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 appeals court case that's been filed against Bloomington's North Korean-style uh, trash collection system. And with us to talk about that, about the appeal that is uh, going to going to uh, be heard shortly in the uh, Minnesota Court of Appeals, as I understand it, uh, Attorney Greg Joseph joins us. Greg, welcome to the broadcast. 
Mitch, thanks for having me on. Absolutely my pleasure, Greg. Now, first of all, this case was appealed from a case that was uh, that, that, that went to court and failed a while ago. Uh, on what grounds was the appeal filed? We What we're appealing, uh, basically, this is actually the second round of litigation in this case. So okay. what, what we're talking about this time is appealing the decision by Judge Moreno in district court, who essentially found that the Waste Management Act under Statute 115A94 preempts any local authority in the organized collection process. So that's the basis of the appeal. Now, the city put forth a couple other arguments, and so did we, but really that's the heart of the issue. So in theory, there is a law out there that forbids cities from glomming their paws onto your trash collection. And as usual under Minnesota law, a court is found itself uh, fit to override the, the the text of the law. Is that that basically what we've uh, what we've seen here in Bloomington? Right. Well, this is obviously a very inconvenient thing. Uh, what my clients have done in this case is very inconvenient for the city of Bloomington because it would mean, you know, overturning uh, millions of dollars, uh, disruption of thousands of private contracts, and reverting back to a free market open system, which the city obviously is not behind. Right. Um, so, so right. So it's actually the heart of the issue is not really about trash hauling. The heart of the issue is the right of citizens to petition the government for redress. That's what it comes down to. Now we saw that with the Vassar case, which was a $15 minimum wage case. We're seeing it here. Um, so the heart of it really is not a political question. It's simply about the right in the Constitution, Article 12, and under uh, Minnesota Statute 410.12, to amend your city charter, you know, and that's what it comes down to. We have the signatures. We've uh, we've followed the, uh, the the necessary procedure, and it should be recognized, and it wasn't, and and that's the heart of the issue here. Absolutely. So on the political side, we'll we'll come back to the the, the litigation in a moment here, but on the political side, I mean, this is turned out to be a, a highly fractious issue in Bloomington. I mean, at least one legislative race may have turned on the on the on the trash issue here. And it's I mean, you get getting enough petition uh, signatures on a petition to uh, as as the anti socialized trash crowd has gotten ain't chicken feed in a city like Bloomington. Uh, tell us a little bit about about the political background of this case before we get into the legal stuff. here. I mean, is how divisive is this case? Uh, and and the and the socialization of trash collection in Bloomington for those who don't live there. Sure, sure. I I can actually I, I've got a unique perspective on this because I actually got involved with this uh, not as an attorney initially, but I got involved as a former Bloomington resident as somebody who you know was was frustrated. Right. Uh, so I went to a couple of meetings and I was actually one of the guys who helped circulate the petitions with uh, the the guys who would you know eventually become my clients. You know, but the, the neat thing about this was as we circulated petitions at, you know, at uh, softball tournaments on street corners in February, in the middle of July, at 100 degree heat, <laughs> you know, as we did this, you know, we got signatures from people who had Obama bumper stickers. We got signatures from people who had Bush bumper stickers. We, we ran the gamut. Right. You know, it, it, was, it was both sides. It wasn't just people who were opposed to it. It was both. It was people who believed that the citizens should be listened to. They shouldn't be disregarded. Even if you agree with organized collection, you know, the principle is the same. At least you should be heard. The decision shouldn't be made by somebody else. So the, the politics of it, I mean, we all know 
I mean, to boil it down, right, you have free market versus government control. And that's sort of a corollary. Um, but, but I do want to emphasize that really people from all ideologies were on board with us as we went door-to-door collecting signatures. Yep. So it was a fun experience. And, and, yeah, no, clearly. And, and of course, it, it's been interesting watching the extent to which this, as in many other cities, as, as in my home, St. Paul, this has been jammed down on people of all political stripes by a city council that just seems to think it knows better than everyone else and, and knows what's in everyone's best interests and doesn't really care what the population thinks. And that's been the most galling thing about watching this. Right, right. Yeah, it, it, it has been. Um, and, and, you know, you can see that through the litigation in this case, too. We have really, as I mentioned before, we're down to one issue. Um, but prior to this, the city has really thrown a litany of defenses at us. Um, and most of them have been really systematically thrown out by the courts to this point. Uh, so we're we're left with one narrow issue. And hopefully, you know, Monday we'll come out on the right side of it and, and uh, we take the next step. And, and hopefully you, you do. And by the way, what are the next steps either way? If you win, if, if this if your if your appeal is successful, what do you do? And on the other hand, if if the appeal comes up short, what are the next steps then for the uh, freedom uh, in trash collection advocates? Sure. It's a great question. So, um, right. So, again, the, we argued this uh, September the 12th or 13th. We did oral arguments. So the opinion's done. The opinion's coming out uh, Monday morning at 10 o'clock. So we've really got a couple options. The first option is uh, the court finds in our favor, which would mean reversing the district court. Um, and uh, if that happens, uh, one of the arguments we made at the appeal was that the, the uh, contract with the haulers right now is, is null and void. So it's possible that the court could find that we're right, and if that's the case, then uh, there is no more uh, contract that's effective in the city of Bloomington for organized collection, which means it reverts back to uh, open hauling. Now, the other possibility, of course, is that the court disagrees with us, and uh, they affirm the lower court's decision. In that case, um, my clients are prepared to um, file a, a writ of certiorari to the Supreme Court and proceed with the next step to clarify this, because... Uh, again, the, the language in the statute is is impossible to reconcile with the district court's decision. So those are the two big possibilities, Monday. There are some other uh, minor things, but it's, it's simplest to think about it that way. Now, we're talking about the Minnesota Supreme Court here, right? Correct. Minnesota Supreme Court. Okay. Right. After after the, the ruling this past week in the line item veto case, I, I just have to wonder the extent of confidence to which anyone who isn't towing a DFL party line can have in taking a course to the Minnesota, a case to the Minnesota Supreme Court. Pardon my cynicism in the legal system in this state, oh. Greg Joseph, but uh, I'm a cynic about the state's legal system. I understand. I understand. And, and again, this, this, this case has been around for a long time, as you and your listeners know, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure a, a lot of people are getting tired of hearing about it, you know, um, and that's that works to the advantage, I think, of the other party, too. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're trying to yeah. wear people down over time. I mean, no one can stay on an issue like this forever. Uh, right. But but you have to, because, of course, this this creeping socialization is metastasizing throughout the metro area. I mean, two years ago, however many years ago, it was Bloomington. Now it's St. Paul. This is going to be sure. moving to a burb near you here shortly, because as 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 the cancer of progressivism migrates out, from the core metro, 
uh, with the voters fleeing the cities, it's going to come to you soon. So it's important that we start litigating these cases, uh, if not in court, at least out on the streets at city council election time. Absolutely. So, right. so uh, Greg Joseph, this is uh, what have you been hearing from people in Bloomington about this case as it as it proceeds? I mean, what, you've been getting some feedback from from the people who were signing these petitions. Uh, it seems like so long ago. What have you been hearing from uh, from the constituency? Right. Well, believe it or not, um, the city council has ruffled some feathers again in Bloomington. I know it's hard to believe, but they have. No. Um, yeah. Right. So we have a, there's an issue with the, the Highland Greens golf course, and I'm not sure if you've talked about this on your show or not, but not yet. Um, I, 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 won't, I won't go into detail too much, but there are a lot of citizens in Bloomington that are frustrated about that as well. So we're, we're finding um, that there, there's a lot of commonality between what's happening with that case and what's happening with ours. So, again, uh, they're collecting signatures for, uh, for petitions, and as they've gone door to door, apparently they're hearing, you know, hey, people, people haven't forgotten about this. People oh, haven't no. forgotten about this. And that there's, there, there have been a lot of problems with the trash collection, and it hasn't been a smooth transition at all. Oh, really? And, Do uh, tell. Hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, so, and by the way, the, so, oh, go ahead. No, no I, I just I was going to say that the, you, Bloomington residents have the option to opt out, okay? And they, they can look into that. It's on the city's uh, website. They can get more information about that. But they can opt out of the program. Um, I don't have the exact number of people who have done so so far, but it's let's just say it's a popular item. Okay, okay. And you can bring your own bring your own trash to to someplace else. You drop it off yourself, and again, get more information about that from the city's website. And that Bloomington um, City Council it seems to be very comfortable playing fast and loose with an awful lot of laws. I mean, in the last year. They have tried to, in my humble opinion, skirt the state's preemption statute by with its citywide regulations on federally licensed firearm dealers. So, I mean, if you if you like government to stay within the lines that have been delineated for it, you might want to think about electing some new city council representatives in one of these days. These, these people are getting a little big for their, their proverbial political britches, uh, Craig Joseph. Right. Now, it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned the word preemption. That's a very, very important word yes. in, in our case. Um, and what's been so interesting is to see the League of Minnesota Cities, yes. who, generally speaking, okay, stands up against state preemption of statutes, in favor of city rights, but in this particular case, they've lined up against my clients. Yes. Because they recognize that, now, they recognize that we're actually taking power away from the municipalities themselves. So the, the League of Associates finds itself in a very strange position here, arguing in favor of preemption rather than against it in this case. Yeah, they they keep going back and forth. They favor uh, they favor preemption on this. They they oppose preemption when it comes to uh, gun laws and, and and minimum wage laws and and benefit laws and so forth. This we're not done with this story. Greg Joseph, thanks for coming on. Please stay in touch. Let's talk about this. Uh, perhaps uh, if you if you want to unpack the results uh, next week, we'd be amenable to talking about that. So have your people call my people, and uh, best of luck uh, with the results on Monday. I'll do it, Mitch. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Greg Joseph, the attorney for the uh, plaintiffs in the uh, suit against the North Korean trash collection system in Bloomington. It's coming to you. If we don't win here, it's you're going to get a chance to fight the battle all over again in your town. Go nowhere. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow, today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. This is Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. 500 years ago, Martin Luther started a debate by nailing a document with 95 theological assertions to the door of the Wittenberg Cathedral, triggering the Reformation. No matter which side of that theological debate you're on, you should be grateful for the ultimate effects of this action on Western liberty and prosperity. Luther took existing strands of thought and weaved them together into a powerfully influential biblical argument for freedom of conscience that ultimately laid the groundwork for our American First Amendment. Many of these 95 assertions concerned economic exploitation, and Luther's doctrine of the priesthood of all believers helped to create a culture which honors hard work and innovation. In the lands influenced by the Reformation, living standards have increased 100-fold. Ordinary people who used to die routinely in their 30s now often live into their 80s, and child mortality has gone from tragically common to increasingly rare. Luther wasn't perfect, but the good that he preached is needed now as much as it was then. I'm Jerry Boyer. I'm Teresa Morrow, the Vice President of External Relations with Minneapolis Foundation. You know, WNAV has done a lot of pretty significant sized events for us, and they do everything from sound and lights to the audio to videotaping to making sure that all the performers look and sound right. As an event person, you really sweat the details, and when I work with WNAV, I don't worry about that stuff. They always come through for me, whether it's an event for 1,500 people or it's an intimate event, and all I need is a microphone and a sound system. They can do that full range for me. Probably the greatest thing about WNAV, not only are they early, they're usually there before I am. They scout it ahead of time. They're prepared for your event is, and I know I can count on WNAV 100% of the time, and I do. Hi, I'm Mark, president of WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Online at WNAV-video.com. So people say, which is better, the Van Halen version or the Kinks version? And I I say, the Kinks, of course, to which people respond. You don't even know which song I'm talking about. I mean, Van Halen covered, You Really Got Me, and Where Have All the Good Times Gone? I think that was about it. And it doesn't matter. Any kink song. Van Halen made a game effort. The guy could play guitar, clearly. But the kinks is better. I'm sorry, I've been on a real kink tear this last three, four days here. Wake up singing in my sleep like this. Both parts. They're, they're right here. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Lots of stories to follow this next week. The uh, the socialized trash collection story, of course, is going to big be a big one locally here because 
This is going to affect an awful lot of, uh, of potentially, I should say, affect an awful lot of, uh, of cities. I mean, St. Paul in particular. We talked about this, I believe, two or three weeks ago. St. Paul City Council uh, went and voted to begin the process of, well, keeping the veneer of a free market on the on the system here. The uh, trying to trying to coordinate the free market to the government's best advantage by splitting up the city between, I believe, the 15 different trash hauling contractors uh, and and doing it according to a formula that's based on their existing market share. And and by the way, it's the, the price has gone up. I mean, the price that I will be paying has has ri- will rise. I mean, just the first price right out of the gate is going to be an extra, I believe, $100 a year over what I'm paying right now. By the way, I'm paying it to a trash collector that I happen to like a lot. Their customer service is impeccable. You think it's trash collection? Who cares? Oh, believe me, it matters. You know, you need to throw some extra stuff out. Uh, They're not going to give you a bunch of guff, whatever. No, now they're working for the government. Uh, Suddenly they're going to start acting like government. You just know this is how it happens. This is how it works. When you have public-private partnerships, the public end of the partnership very shortly uh, starts to take over uh, the attitude between the, the providers and the customers. And you become less of a customer than a subject because the most powerful world, Kevin Williamson makes this brilliant point in his book, The End is Near and It's Going to Be Awesome. The most powerful world word in the English language when it comes to the free market is No. I went through a series of trash collectors probably about eight, ten, seven, eight years ago. I was deliriously unhappy with the major national trash hauler that bought my local trash hauler out. They were terrible. Uh, and I said no. And I took my money elsewhere to another smaller local regional trash hauler that was okay. And then they got acquired by another national trash hauler. The prices went up. The customer service went down. I found myself talking to tape machines and I said, no, again, found a local, almost literally mom and trash hauler, I think with five employees, I mean, I don't know, 10 employees, perhaps at the most. They run a couple of trucks. They serve a couple of areas of St. Paul and some of the uh, Southeast burbs. And they're wonderful. They're the kind of service you get from motivated small businesses. Well, that's gone now. I mean, they may remain wonderful people. I don't know that they're going to be the ones assigned my neighborhood, and it's a shame. And good luck to whoever is. But when you say no now, there's no opting out in St. Paul. When you say no, your only other option is haul the trash to the dump yourself. That's it. And when you don't have the option of saying no, then they don't have the compulsion to be the best they can be at what they're doing. And that's the thing that is the most, that, that, that's what bothers me the most. The, the free market gives you, the consumer, the final word, and that word is no, or nine, or nigh, or yet, or no. Depending on your language, EA if you're Japanese. Yes, I happen to know that. But that's gone now. In St. Paul, your no just means, yep, I'm fine hauling my trash to the dump all by myself. I'm going to take a couple hours on a Saturday morning, drive to the city drop-off point, pay five bucks a bag uh, to be rid of my trash, and uh, and off we go. Now, 
I don't consent. But I'm a Republican and a free marketeer in St. Paul, so I have less say than an East Berliner had in his government before 1989. Let's go to the phones in Eden Prairie. Mark, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hi, Mitch. This is Mark. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing today? Uh, doing good. Hey, in the Al Franken groping case, since it happened on an Air Force plane in a foreign country, who would be responsible for investigating that? Cause well, I don't know if anyone's ever going to investigate it as a criminal matter. I mean, it's first of all, if, there's a, if there is a, a criminal charge to be specified for groping, uh, the statute of limitations probably is not 11 years. I mean, there are very few crimes that don't have statutes of limitations. And they tend to be serious felonies, and, and groping is not. It's morally repugnant, but it's not a felony, and it's going to have a statute of limitations. So would the Air Force investigate? I, I, given the, the, the probability that everyone that was involved in the Air Force site has probably left the service by this point, because it was 11 years ago, uh, the odds of actually having somebody to investigate are probably slim to none. I, I mean, the only real investi- you know, the, the only real body with any... Uh, so I, I think we can write off any chance of any criminal charges, uh, if even if there were any to begin with. It's, it's dubious. In terms of the PR investigation, well, I mean, the Senate Ethics Committee would be formally responsible for this, but they tend to step back from anything that happened before people were elected. And let's be honest, uh, even if they do investigate it, they haven't imposed any meaningful sanctions on any senator since Bob Packwood. And that's going on 30 years ago. Now, there's one other possibility of a body that could investigate this, uh, or there would be if there were an entity with printing presses and transmitters and and websites even, uh, staffed by a group of people that consider themselves guardians of the truth and information and, and high priests of information with an almost monastic calling to bring the truth to the huddled masses. If we only had such an institution in our society, Mark, are you, are you smelling what I'm cooking here? I'm smelling what you're cooking, but I can't even think of what that is. It, it couldn't be the Star Tribune. No, it would not be the Star Tribune. It will never be the Star Tribune. The Star Tribune will come out attacking Lynette Tweed. Now, action should said they will come out deploring Al Franken's behavior because it does rise to the level where you pretty much have to deplore it. There's photographic evidence. What are you going to do? But they will say, and, and by the way, I, I'm going to predict the, the, the Sunday early Sunday edition should be coming out fairly shortly here for the Strib. If I had to bet money, and I don't bet money on much of anything, but if I had, if I were a gambling man, I would bet the editorial for the Sunday Strib will be written by Lori Sturdevant. You can always tell who writes these things, or Patricia Lopez, and it will say these these activities were deplorable, but it was eleven years ago, and he's been an impeccable friend to women, at least women's right to get abortions, ever since then. And so we should give him a stern, don't you ever grope women again, Al Franken, and go on and stay in the Senate. That's just my two cents worth, Mark. Your opinion? My opinion is I don't think I'll see it on the upper part of the newspaper on Monday or on Sunday. Oh, yeah. No, this story is on its way to being buried, as indeed uh, the the appeal to take this to the Senate Ethics Committee is is no more and no less an appeal to bury this story because Senate, Senate ethics investigations are where ethics complaints go to starve to death. That's really it. 
What this is, is a skirmish, perhaps a sharp-pointed skirmish in a culture war that uh, Dennis Prager calls the, uh, the Second American Civil War. And it's a, it's a cold civil war at this point. There's not any shooting, or at least not much shooting in this civil war yet. It's a civil war that's breaking out about uh, uh, all sorts of, so, of areas. This is a big one here. And I think Big Left is getting a little nervous about it because, of course, their fingerprints are all over this particular social crisis. Uh, because as much as, as, as people like our subject in the last part of the uh, last half of the last hour like to protest about it, it is disproportionately, overwhelmingly people on the left who are being spotted for this, who are being called out for this sort of behavior, people with the sort of entitlement that was engendered when big left in our society beclowned itself for the better part of a decade, circling its wagons around Bill Clinton, who, by any moral standard, was a predator. I, I mean, when you had Nina Burley, who at the time was a very prominent feminist writer, writing that women should walk up to, go up to Bill Clinton on their knees to express their gratitude, that's as graphic as I'm going to get, for standing up for abortion. That's what you're dealing with here, folks. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Fact. The government will always try to shortchange you in an eminent domain case. If Schnitker Law doesn't get you more money, you don't pay them. Kurt Schnitker from the Schnitker Law Office knows how to get the money you're due. He'll prove that your property is more valuable than what the government says it is. Because of the hassle, most of the time a property owner settles for a smaller portion of what they should be paid. Schnitker Law often gets double or triple what the government offers you. Unless you know the law and how it benefits you, you can end up leaving a lot of money on the table. Don't go it alone and settle for less. Call Schnitker Law. They use appraisers and their extensive knowledge of the law. They know condemnation rules and they know how to negotiate with the government. Schnitker Law uses all these skills to get you what you deserve. Don't take the government's lowball offer. If Schnitker Law doesn't get you more money, you owe them nothing. There's no risk. Call today, Schnitker Law Office, online at mnlaw.net. That's mnlaw.net, mnlaw.net. Are you concerned about not having enough money to pay bills, savings for college, or to secure a comfortable retirement? At Online Trading Academy, learn to trade and invest to make a second income to avoid always having more month than money. We'll teach you to confidently grow and protect your money. Register for our free trading and investing class on your cell phone by hitting pound 250. Just say the keyword OTA or register at learnwithota.com. I'm sure that every one of you understands the importance of oral care to your overall health. There's no denying the connection. I'm also sure that many of you have a sensitive mouth or sensitive gums or painful canker sores or sadly, maybe even chemo sores from cancer treatment. What you may not know is that your mouthwash, especially if it's one of the brands that burns, may be making things worse. You should try non-irritating, alcohol-free, closest oral rinse. That's C-L-O-S-Y-S. 
closest is like first aid for your mouth. It's as gentle as water, but it helps relieve common but uncomfortable, even painful issues in your mouth. Unlike other mouthwashes, closest is also pH balanced, which eliminates the burn and irritation. Try closest oral rinse for sensitive mouth, gums, and canker sores for pain-free oral care. That's C-L-O-S-Y-S. Closest. Learn more about the gentle, effective oral rinse at closest.com or get closest today at Walgreens, CVS Health, and Walmart. Hi, it's Keith Hitner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your real estate chalk talk where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hitner Sr. and Keith Hitner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hitner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at HitnerGroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488 is the number to call should you care to join us, and I hope you do. Well, yes, we had an album release party last Sunday. Perhaps you heard it on this very show. And I had a blast, by the way. It was a great, great, great time. Thanks to uh, the guys in the band, to everyone who showed up, to everyone who bought the album last week, by the way. For a while there, for a while there, last Friday, a week ago Friday, I was only 200 spots behind U2 on the digital rock and roll albums charts on Amazon. And, and I tell you what, you, you're proud of what you can in this world. Hard copies available on CD, baby, if you're out there looking for one. Price to move? Oh, yeah, bigly, but what the heck? It'll help me finance the next project here, which I figure I didn't even want to think about it until, I don't know, probably about an hour and a half ago, But because uh, I spent the week just really, really sick of music after last weekend where we had two gigs in a row on two consecutive nights. But no, no I'm not sick of it anymore. This will be fun. I'm looking forward to another uh doing another record one of these days. I had so much fun doing the first one. It's time to get straight to the sophomore slump. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. I've been talking about uh, uh, the culture war and the, 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 the skirmish in the culture war over sexual harassment, which, as I mentioned last week, it, it kind of puzzles me why you have so many people saying that women are still completely helpless. I mean, I get it. If someone has a power disparity over you, in the workplace, wherever your workplace is, uh, whether it's in an office or on a plane coming back from Afghanistan, you you have uh, you're, you're you're at a disadvantage. I get that. I have, I mean, the worst cases of sexual harassment I saw were at a time when I had no power to respond. I was making six bucks an hour working at a at a radio station where the general manager was racking up sexual harassment cases like Shaquille O'Neal racking up three-pointers in his day. This was uh, at a time, and by the way, he eventually got fired. I've told this story on the air before. He was uh, he was a, a boss who came in. He was appointed by the, uh, the, the CEO. He came in. He ran the station, almost ran it into the ground. I mean, the place took years to recover. It took Rush Limbaugh to bring the station back from the dead after this guy wrought his magic on the place. 
Uh, he racked up seven sexual harassment suits in a year, including two that originated on his first day on the job. And seven different women sued him, and the station fired him. So it's not like women have had no recourse for the past, and I say this as a matter of fact, 30 years. It was 30 years ago that the combined legal muscle of seven different women at this radio station got this former general manager of mine fired. It does happen. And and it and it happened. Believe me, if you've worked in corporate America for the last thirty years, you know that the the antenna are up for signs of this sort of thing. Now, as I said last week on the broadcast, radio has always been an outpost of the madman era here in in larger American society, commercial radio especially. Show business has been the same sort of idea, as we've seen through the career of Al Franken, as more and more photos of him groping women with their apparent consent. I mean, there's a photo floating around of, of him floating some other, uh, of, his, of him groping some other starlet uh, on the red carpet at some event somewhere, and she's apparently smiling. And hard to tell if she's been caught by surprise, if she's playing along because we're all just a bunch of comedians here. Or if or what or why and I don't know that it matters. We'll be talking about that on the blog this week, most likely. But uh, it's this is this is uh, as as Kyle Smith says. This may well become the Watergate of our times, especially in Ray uh, Al Franken, because if he resigns, that's going to be a problem. And if he doesn't resign, that's going to be a problem for the Democrats, or at least it should be. I mean, the media will do the best they can to cover it, but they will. Speaking of culture wars, uh, another outpost in the culture war, of course, is the battle over the Second Amendment, and that battle has been uh, going at it hammer and tongs this past week. Uh, anytime someone wants to tell you that they're not coming for your guns, the Gabby Giffords organization, which this past week changed its name from whatever it was to Giffords, or maybe the Gabby Giffords organization, I don't know what it was. They're basically wrapping themselves around the Gabby Giffords story. They released a, a uh, pamphlet this past week about the their gun control initiatives, excuse me, gun violence control initiatives, but gun control initiatives this past week. And it's basically a laundry list of things they want to ban. Uh, magazines larger than, I don't know, ten, eight to ten rounds, uh, bump stocks, binary triggers, and so forth. I mean, things that are relatively meaningless in the great scheme of things. I mean, you can, let's be honest, you can build a bump stock with a dowel and some rubber bands, you can. They're they're easy thing to jury rig if you're so inclined. I'm not so inclined. Uh, but the other one was muzzle loaders. So I just think this is a little telling about the schizophrenia of the gun control movement. They want to ban large so so-called large capacity magazines. In other words, magazines of more than ten rounds. But they also want to ban muzzle-loading firearms where you're doing well to fire a shot every 30 to 60 seconds because why? I mean, basically, they fire a project tool that is exactly as deadly as a shotgun slug and just about the same size. Well, anyway, we'll talk about that at Shot in the Dark, that info this coming week. Uh Outgoing mayor of St. Paul, Chris Coleman, came out, by the way, with a position paper this uh, this past week. It's on his on his website. Actually, it's probably more than a week old. 
But uh, he talks about his gun violence prevention uh, agenda if he is elected governor of Minnesota. He's running for governor, perhaps you've heard. It's an interesting piece of reading. We'll be talking about this at Shot in the Dark for this coming week. But his, uh, if you go out to uh, ColemanForGovernor.com, he talks about his gun violence prevention, basically his gun control agenda. And it starts off typical Democrat uh, palaver. Mass shootings are the new normal in our country, and it's unacceptable. Well, they are unacceptable, yeah, but they're not the new normal. Uh, even with the, the ups, upward spike in mass shootings this past two years, and there has been one, uh, you're still vastly more likely to get hit by the lightning than get caught in a mass shooting. And by the way, if you're outside a gun-free zone, you're more likely to get hit by lightning while carrying a winning lottery ticket than to get involved in a mass shooting. I'm exaggerating a bit. Uh, The Las Vegas shooting did not take place in a gun-free zone. It's a real rarity that that happened. And, of course, this is a a rarity among mass shootings. It was perfectly set up to uh, spray a fire at a large captive audience, Uh, kind of a nightmare scenario if you don't like crowds, as I'm coming not to. Anyway, no, they're not the new normal. They're incredibly rare. Uh, That's the point. And palaver aside, that is a fact. They are incredibly rare. The media, by the way, is, I'm going to suggest, largely responsible for the fact that so many people uh, are doing, more people are doing them now. Because why do people go on spree killings? To make themselves immortal. And it's the media that makes you immortal in our society. Anyway, so no, they're not the new normal, says Chris Coleman. But He goes on to a section entitled Common Sense Gun Legislation. As governor, Chris Coleman will strengthen our existing gun safety laws by, number one, requiring background checks on every gun purchased or transferred in Minnesota. There should not be different safety rules for online gun purchases versus in-store gun purchases. See, this is why it's so hard to have a, quote, conversation about guns, end quote, with the grabbers, because the rules are the same already for online gun purchases as they are for in-store gun purchases. You have to pass a background check. And in a store, the, the store will call the NICS system. And if you buy a gun online, you have to pick it up at a federally licensed firearm dealer who will do what? Call the National Instant Criminal Background Check System and make sure that you're clean before he turns the gun over to you. The rules are already the same. Chris Coleman, or whoever writes his copy, doesn't know what he's talking about. Number two, allowing scientists to do their jobs by rolling back gun lobby restrictions on studying gun violence as a public health issue. It's not a public health issue. It's a crime issue. Crime is not a public health issue. Unless you can show that there is some contagion, some microbe or virus that causes people to go nuts and go out on spree killings, or, by the way, vastly more importantly in our society, to become criminals whose view of human life is so cheapened that they find it worthwhile to kill people over drug gang turf, unless you find that microbial or viral cause to evil, it's not a public health issue. Period. End of sentence. Done. 
implementing a gun violence protective order law to, uh, number three, create a legal path to family and household members and law enforcement to temporarily remove guns and prevent gun purchases by those who uh, pose a risk to themselves or others, which, by the way, isn't objectionable as long as there's due process involved. Without due process, without the chance to answer to the charges and defend oneself from the charges, it's no better than the terrorist watch list where any bureaucrat can put you on the list and you can never get off. And by the way, you know that that Chris Coleman isn't standing up for anybody's right to due process. Oh, number four. Here's a big one. Oh, I love this. Number four, requiring mandatory reporting of all lost or stolen guns because we know sooner or later, sooner law enforcement can uh, identify and recover missing firearms, the more likely we are to keep dangerous people and criminals from perpetrating gun-related crimes. In other words, to criminalize what the mayor-elect of St. Paul did, or rather didn't do, by not reporting the guns that were stolen from his house. Perhaps you heard that on the show a few weeks ago. Melvin Carter, the incoming mayor-elect of St. Paul, had a couple of guns. By the way, Melvin Carter is impeccably anti-gun for all the rest of us. But he owned a couple of his father's old firearms, his service pistols from his time as a St. Paul cop. Oh, yes, Melvin Carter Sr. was a, or I guess Melvin Carter II, was a St. Paul policeman and uh, fairly well-known and beloved St. Paul cop as those things go, which is fine. He handed out his guns to his uh, son, Melvin, the third, and I believe it's the third, and those guns were stolen by someone who yet again evaded the gun charge in St. Paul and is apparently back out on the streets. But again, tangential issue here. Melvin Carter failed to report the theft of those firearms to the authorities. So we had a couple of guns out on the street potentially being used in crimes, something that Chris Coleman would-be governor of Minnesota would criminalize, except apparently for mayor-elect Melvin Carter. Huh. Laws for thee, but not for we, says the DFL in this state. Being railroaded, if you're a law-abiding gun owner, but not on the light rail. Oh, more on that when we come back. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. The IRS doesn't mess around. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. If you owe back taxes, call Optima Tax Relief. Optima has access to a special IRS program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. Optima is A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. Don't delay. Call now for your free consultation. Call 800-364-9188. 800-364-9188. Optima Tax Relief. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. 
If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-566-2424. That's 800-566-2424. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. People say there are billions of dollars lost in a market crash. The truth is, they're not lost, they just exchange hands. And the good news is, by gaining the right kind of knowledge, you can learn to recognize the opportunities that exist, and more importantly, act on them. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder of Tradeway. Along with being an investment advisor, Tradeway offers our students a powerful education so that they can take their investments in their own hands. We break down the confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We keep it simple, fun, and personal. Come join us at our next two-day event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. You'll learn to take small steps to reach your biggest goals. Coming to the Minneapolis Marriott West, December 1st and 2nd. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Pastors, you're searching online for that perfect sermon series that your congregation will really enjoy and benefit from. But you just can't seem to find what you're looking for. I suggest you give SermonSearch.com a try. Sermon Search is packed with sermon outlines from revered Bible teachers who cover every topic you can imagine. You'll also find images, videos, and analogies to complement your presentation of God's message. Be inspired to study, create, and proclaim with SermonSearch.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. And the sound you hear right now, the primary sound, that crunching rhythm guitar sound is, is gone forever. And that's a big deal, as is by the, by the singer, kirsten has been gone almost 40 years now, holy cow. Where do the years go? <laughs> I, I've been playing guitar. I've mentioned this on this show in the past. I've been playing guitar something like 40 years as of last March. And when it comes to the technique of playing the instrument, there have been a few goals that I've had for myself beyond just the big goal of putting out an album, which goal was met a week ago yesterday. And And I've had a few quests that I've given myself over the years of playing the electric guitar. For example, the fun part, the, the glamorous part, really, if you will, about playing the guitar is being a lead guitar player. The part where you're stepping out front and ripping off that blistering solo that melts everyone's faces in the crowd. And make no mistake about it, that's the fun part. And, and a big part of the challenge, other than just making your fingers do those things, which, by the way, has never been my long suit, is getting the tone you want, making the, the, the guitar 
sound like you want it to sound. Which, by the way, was, to me, the funnest part of recording my album was getting the tone I wanted out of the various instruments, the guitar and the organ especially. But on, when it comes to playing lead guitar, I mean, there were a certain a few guitar players whose tones over the years I've tried to appropriate, to culturally appropriate, if you will, I think with everyone's permission. And... and there, there's some obvious ones. I mean, if you listen to me play guitar, I probably sound a lot like David Gilmour of Pink Floyd. I'm not a Pink Floyd fan, but I love David Gilmour on the guitar, and I love the tone he gets out of the instruments. Likewise, never been a big Queen fan. I mean, you heard one glam rock band, you've you've heard them all, even if they have a near-operatic quality lead singer. Don't get me wrong, I like Queen. I was never going to be one of those people waiting outside for tickets to see Queen, but nonetheless... Great band in their own way, and my favorite part of the band is the tone on the lead guitar that, that Brian May used to get out of the instrument, right? A couple others, Stuart Adamson of the uh, great Scottish band Big Country could make his instruments sound like fiddles or bagpipes or pretty much everything but a guitar, really, if you listen to Big Country over the years. Likewise, the edge of U2, special effects machine he is. I mean, he's a walking ad for guitar special effects. And that's pretty much what you hear when you listen to a U2 record, is the Edge altering the tone of the guitar to basically whatever he wants it to sound like. And it's amazing. If you're a guitar geek, it's it's just an amazing bit of technique to listen to. The, the, techni- the technique of making technology alter your sound. On the opposite extreme, guitar solo sounds that I've loved and, and aped in my own way were those of Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits, which is a very natural tone. Fender Stratocaster into a Fender amp. And Richard Thompson, not a household name, but sort of very similar to Mark Knopfler in a lot of ways. Very natural tone, the tone of the instrument and amp rather than a bunch of effects. But one tone that always eluded me was the one that you've just been listening to for the last three and a half minutes. The tone of Malcolm Young of ACDC, now, who's never taken a solo to the best of my knowledge in his life. He's always been content standing back by his amp Next to the drummer, just grinding out rhythm guitar parts, cranking out the rhythm. And even back before I was an ACDC fan, and I'll cop to the fact I was, ACDC is a band I've always enjoyed but never loved. I mean, it's not like the Springsteen or U2 or Big Country or, or, or the Kinks for that matter. But I like ACDC. And probably the thing about ACDC that grabbed me the most was that rhythm guitar tone. That Malcolm Young, the the young, the older brother of Angus Young, the lead guitar player, uh, who is the guy who runs around the stage in the schoolboy uniform, even though he's sixty five years old now, uh, that the tone that Malcolm used to get on the rhythm guitar, it, it's a, it's a tone that sounds like basically a a dumpster full of scrap metal is being pounded on the ground by a huge crane to a beat, and that's the the only real description I can make of it. He, he, the way he gets that tone. He described it once in one of the guitar trade magazines. I mean, he, he uses a hollow body guitar. He has it set to a particular set of settings. He stuffs the hollow body guitar full of rags and stuff to prevent it from feeding back because he plays it so doggone loud. And it's just a particular setting that is as identifiable as any guitar sound in the history of rock and roll. Up there with Dave Davies and Eddie Van Halen and Mark Knopfler and, and David Gilmore or Brian May, for that matter. It is as identifiable a tone as has ever existed. 
And I have tried at various points in my, quote, career, end quote, as a guitar player to ape that sound for some effect or another. And I've never really pulled it off. I've come close. But I have not gotten the cigar, proverbially speaking. Anyway, uh, Malcolm Young, younger brother or older brother uh, of Angus Young, and uh, for the last 45 years now, maybe 47 years, rhythm guitar player of the band ACDC passed away of complications from uh, some flavor of dementia or another uh, sometime over the past 12 hours here. And so ACDC is no longer the band it was, and that sound may get recreated by whoever fills his shoes, but it's just not going to be the same. Anyway, pardon my digression. Thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back next week. Uh, Brad Carlson tomorrow, 2 o'clock, King Banyan next Saturday, 9 a.m. Thanks for stopping by. God bless you all. God bless America. Hi, this is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM 1280, The Patriot. And I'd like to remind you to spend your money wisely and use our loyal marketing partners here at this great station. Many of our clients are local businesses who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities, and their success in business is our success. For a list of our loyal marketing partners, go to am1280thepatriot.com or call us at 651-405-8800. We thank you for listening and supporting our partners. All right, here's the great selling point of Relief Factor. Well, actually, the greatest selling point is that it works for the great majority of people who use it. But the big selling factor is really this. You can get all the pain relief benefits of Relief Factor without the negative side effects of ibuprofen. A couple of years ago, with great sciatic pain, I would take ibuprofen a lot. And it helped, but the side effects were so awful after a while that I... I just had to discontinue use, but that's not the problem with relief factor. So that's huge. So if you've been using any form of ibuprofen, now you don't have to with relief factor. Go to relieffactor.com, check out the pricing, and please give it a try because pain is pretty awful. Or call 800-500-8384. That's relieffactor.com. I want you to put something on your to-do list, and it's to go see the movie Wonder. I read the book last year after my daughter called me in tears saying, Mom, you've got to read this right now. Well, she was right. I did, and it's one of the most heartwarming, life-affirming, beautiful stories, and now it's a movie. It stars Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson, and Wonder is the true story of August Pullman, or Augie, as he's known to his family. Augie was born with facial differences, and after a lot of surgeries, His family held their breath as he entered public school in the fifth grade. Prepare for blast-off. Have fun. Bye. Wonder will make you laugh. You will cry. You'll give thanks for a film that celebrates life, love, kindness, and grace. I haven't loved a movie this much in a long time, and I know you're going to feel the same way. What excites me about this movie is that it teaches other people to choose kind, and hopefully it will make the world a better place. Do not miss Wonder, now playing in a theater near you. 
Financial Fortitude with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin. There are safe investments that take out the risk of loss, and that sounds too good to be true, but it's not. There's hybrid investment vehicles that have been created. Things change all the time. We always say, you know, we used to ride horses, now we drive cars. Investment vehicles have changed. Financial Fortitude with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin. Saturday at 3 and Sundays at 11 a.m. here on AM 1280, The Patriot. This is a...